And greetings, everyone. You're listening to KYRS Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. This is Art Hour, and I'm your host, Mike Malson. And I'm your other host, Eric Woodard. Eric, today we have uh, a couple guests um, that I'm involved with, a live radio kind of performance, and we're going to learn more about that. But we have Melissa Jedgetts who works at Spark Central, and Mark Anthony. Uh, so welcome, both of you. Uh, Thank you. Maybe I will start with you, Melissa, since sure. I first got connected to this uh, project. And tell us a little bit about yourself, You know where you're working, and how you connected with this whole thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, so my name is Melissa. I'm the program manager at Spark Central. Just celebrated my one-year work anniversary, as Yay. I like to call it with them. Um, and so... Um, Spark Central is a nonprofit. We provide a lot of free programming for the Spokane area. And one that we've got started this summer was uh, Spark Central Radio Theater. We had our first session in June, I believe. Um, and Mark Anthony is one of our most dedicated volunteers. He helps us a lot with our after school program level up. Um, and he came to us with the idea for a radio theater program. So it was first a one-off session, and then we expanded to this larger program where we had rehearsals and then a performance. And I'll kind of we can maybe toss it over to Mark to yeah, talk more Mark. about the history of that. Yeah. So, Mark, you have a, a background in radio and all of that? Well, no, I was uh, not exactly. I was part of, I was living in Taipei for several years and I was uh, involved in a very similar group, a radio live radio theater uh, uh, group that performed in Taipei City. And uh, we were kind of a mix of of amateurs and a, a few professional voice actors mixed in, and, but it was still done like a community theater and uh we had the we had the opportunity to perform live we had a very beautiful little venue to perform it in and then also the opportunity to record it as a uh podcast on the english language radio so uh when i came to spokane uh with all of the experience and things that i had i was looking for what can i do here and uh as melissa said i had uh the radio theater experience, and I had the scripts in my hand with the permission to use them. So I brought it up uh, to Spark Central and said, do you think this would be something that the community would go for? And we tried it. We had a, as Melissa said, we had an initial kind of one-night gathering reading two classic radio scripts from the 1930s and 40s. We had a really large turnout, quite surprising. And so we decided to go ahead with one of the uh, one of the scripts from Taipei, and those scripts were written and adapted and written by a, li a librarian at the American School in Taipei, uh, and he wanted to adapt classic literature for the for the radio and for radio theater style performance. So th that's why our first performance was Treasure Island. Ah, oh, very cool. So I, I did see a clip, uh, Melissa, that you had sent of the performance mm -hmm. at Spark Central. And it looked like you had a cast of some um, young actors, mm -hmm. a, even maybe a, a student or a couple of students, and then as well as some uh, older adults as well. So um, how, did, how did the whole audition process go and what was your planning around that? Yeah, we ended up with a pretty wide age range. I think our youngest was Sawyer, who was 12, and he played the gym role. And then I would say a guesstimate, I don't know exactly, but I think um, some participants were in their 60s or 70s. So it was really great age range there. Did did you pull it, put out a, like a call for actors, or is that how you... Yeah, just like um, all of our other programming, we kind of... Uh, advertise it around on community calendars, post it on our website, like our program that you register for. Um, and so people who had the free time and had enough of the days available to come and rehearse uh, signed up or registered for the program. And then the first or two, or one or first one or two sessions were uh, focused on that casting. And then we kind of just went straight to rehearsals. Yeah. yeah. We didn't really hold formal auditions. We sent the script and said, read the script. What do you want to do? <laughs> because the wonderful thing about this type of performance is, is that it's not gender specific. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be age specific. Uh, in the first session, I remind everyone that when it comes to voice acting, you don't see the actor. Bart Simpson is a 62-year-old woman. Mm -hmm. So I said, if you're 
if you want to read a men's role and you you're uh, you're a woman, or if you want to read a, an older person's role and you're young, or just anything like that, just challenge yourself. And so when people came in, uh, a few people had a preference, and we heard them, and we said, okay, do it. Let's go for it. So did you record that? Is there some place that people can look at that and find that? Uh, well, um, We did have one of the participants, their friend, has a full recording. I think they're going to clean that up and then um, host it on YouTube. So it's kind of a visual of it. Oh, right on. Uh, right one on. of cool. our goals, we're going to be doing another session, and one of our goals for that is to have a full audio recording of the performance, which I think would be great and really get to the heart of what our participants want out of it. So it sounds yeah. like you'd consider this successful. Yeah, I really think oh, it yes. was. So then my yeah. next question is, what's next? Well, this is well. Guess what we're coming into the time of the year. Uh, so we are going to do Charles Dickens, A Christmas Carol. Ah, very cool. And where and when are you going to do that? And uh, has the casting call already gone out? So how's that? How's this going to run? Yeah, right now we're kind of consulting with our uh, past participants to see which day of the week might work best for them. To mm-hmm. and then we're going to set that as our rehearsal day. So rehearsals will probably begin sometime mid-November with the performance being um, mid, as late as we can push it without running into Christmas time mm-hmm. or like holiday time. And yeah. if somebody wants to get involved, they can go to the Spark Central website. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. And the last time was a one-time performance, correct? Yes. And this time, are you thinking maybe you might do it multiple times or is it still going to be a one-time? Well, so far the plan is just one time and then like fingers crossed for that full audio recording. Um, but I think it might be fun to perform it at another community organization mm-hmm. as well. We've, it, had, we've yeah. had some people interested mm-hmm. in saying, would you be willing to do, we, this was with Treasure Island, would you be willing to do it at you know, such and such a place? Mm-hmm. And we said, well, everyone seems open to it, so it's just a matter of getting everyone together. Mm-hmm. And you did the first one at Spark Central, right? Yes. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Right on. And uh, so... Um, doing this, I mean the w- the end result, other than the performance. But what are what are some of the other uh, things you want, either the actors to get out of that, or maybe p- potentially the audience to get out of that as part of maybe the mission of Spark Central? Yeah. So one of the overall goals we have for all of our programming um, is for people to be able to explore something new or like have the opportunity to give something a try. I think especially for our older patrons, as adults, we don't always get the opportunity to try new things or things we're curious about. And so um, I've really enjoyed seeing the kind of joy and enthusiasm that so many of the adults have approached this program with. Harkens back to things they remember experiencing or hearing about and then um, having that opportunity to try it out without the full like theater commitment of like being on a stage, I think have... Uh, being able to have the script in front of you relieves a lot of that anxiety about mm-hmm. performing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I have a question for you, uh, Mark. So you were doing live radio theater in Taipei. Yes. How does one end up, I mean, and I don't want to say end up, that sounds like a bad thing. I just mean that just doesn't, I, that's the first time I've ever heard anybody say something even close to that. How did you, how did you end up finding yourself there and doing live radio theater? <laughs> well, if I can give a plug to Taiwan, which is... You can is give a plug to anybody uh, Absolutely. The most yeah. vib- <laughs> one of the most vibrant places on the planet right now is mm-hmm. Taiwan, and lots of people still don't know that. Um, there's, so, there's such a huge arts and culture scene going on, not just in Taipei, but through the whole country. And uh, so there's <clears throat> a lot of... A lot of uh, uh, things happening. They have uh, uh, theater festivals, film festivals, uh, just, you know, you name it, and er- so much going on. So uh, the, the couple that founded the, uh, the, the uh, radio group in Taiwan, it was called uh, Red Room Radio Redux. That was the name of it. You have to try to translate Redux into Chinese, but that, <laughs> I don't know about the, re- the rest was okay. Uh, we we did it uh, as part of a, a a a place that might be a little bit like Spark Central. It was called the Red Room, mm. and it was a gathering place primarily for young people, especially to give young Taiwanese a chance to socialize and mix and cre- be creative with people who are uh, traveling through or who are expats living in Taiwan. So it's a very electric, wonderful, exciting place, and that's where we did our thing. Uh, and so it wasn't so unusual when you put it in the context of all of that. It's uh, similar, I think, in some ways. It makes me think of Spark Central because 
Spark Central, there is so much happening, so much creativity, so many projects and so many uh, wonderful things happening. And the radio theater uh, project is just one of those. And so um, I, I probably can say that the Taipei, the, the inspiration I took from the Taipei one, I want to transfer over here into the, into the Spokane community. And I think we've done that. We, we found that through the group that performed Treasure Island, which was what, about 10, 12? Yeah, we ha ended up with 11 cast members. It was 11 people. Yeah. And what a mix of people, as mm -hmm. we've already said. But also uh, wonderful to attract uh, teens who are not always getting involved in these types of things. We had family involvement. Uh, Long John Silver was the father of Jim Hawkins <laughs> in real life. And there's brother and sister. There were mm -hmm. good friends, a, a couple of uh, older women who, who were very good friends with each other who joined. And so it was a really, truly a community uh, theater event. So how did you, um, is your, do you have a background in any of this stuff to end up in Taipei and get connected with this group? Uh, you know, the, 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 the group that started in Taipei didn't uh, have any more, uh, you know, requirements than we did in a sense. It was just uh, the couple who founded it said, put out the call. Are you interested in performing live radio theater and, and creating uh, listening moments in a live setting? And so I answered the call. And do I have a background in it? Well, uh, I have, in another lifetime, I have a theater background. I was, I was in, uh, an actor and a director at one time, uh, but I'm an educator. So uh, I found that um, the activity that we were involved in had so much education potential not just theatrical, but just so much education potential. We were performing a classic uh, English language literature in a, uh, in a foreign country. We were um, performing this not only in the Red Room, but we went around to schools mm -hmm. and other locations and performed it in front of uh, different, at the library or in, in schools. So we gave everyone a taste, not only of the style of theater, but of the of the classic literature behind it. Is that how you ended up in Taipei with your education background? Were you teaching English over there? Or how no, did you end up over there? I wasn't teaching English, but I was teaching at National Taiwan University. Uh, I was a professor in the Department of Linguistics. So I'm a writing specialist. Oh. Yes. And um, are you, when you, to come to Spokane, was that just a move... Um, a professional move? Oh, or boy, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the question. I have a very short version of that. We yes. don't need the short version. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we well, can have the long version. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I moved to Spokane for, for family reasons. Um, uh, and so that's the short version mm -hmm. of it. Um, but Spokane is not a new place to me. Spokane was, is the place my dad was born in. And my grandparents and my great-grandparents lived here. So uh, I have a history of this place. Every summer, I was, this was my summer town. And uh, so it, I'm, I'm here, and now that I'm living in it, it's sort of a, a strange, I don't know, a, it's just a, a strange experience of a place that is at, at once familiar and at the same time completely new. <laughs> and so as I'm looking for things to do and find my place in Spokane uh, and getting to know lots of people and finding out what people are doing and, and how I can be involved and where I can go, um, I'm actually having kind of a, a new journey in my life, and I'm not so young anymore. <laughs> but here I am on a, somewhat of a new, uh, a new twist to my, uh, my life odyssey. Uh, and this radio group and working at Spark Central is one of, one of the things that I'm taking pleasure in finding, where, finding a place where I can apply my knowledge and my skills and my background and feel fulfilled. Now, are there other places where you're doing similar stuff? Are you getting into your acting and directing again? Are you doing something uh, above what you're doing with Spark Central? Well, I, I have a writing group at Corbin Arts Center, so I'm, I'm touching, tapping into what I really do, which is involved, involved mm -hmm. in writing, which what's I've been doing for many years. And, uh, uh, and I'm uh, continuing to look for ways to serve the community and uh, just put myself out there. So... Right now, right now, I'm very wide open and very interested in everything, basically. Right on. Yeah. Well, speaking of serving the community, right. Melissa, I, got, I have a question for you. You took <laughs> yeah. over for Kate Reed, right? Um, I took over for Erica Simons. Oh, uh, Erica Prince yeah. Simons. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Kate Reed did re leave us this summer, sadly. Um, Timmy is our new, uh, Timmy Dolan is our new development director. 
Yeah, I took over for Erica last October. Okay, and where did you yeah. come from before that? Um, before that, I was an academic advisor at Eastern uh, for two years. Um, and then before that, I was at the city of Spokane uh, for a year, working in the planning and development department. And um, during those three years, I was a volunteer at Spark Central. Um, mm. After I graduated from Eastern's creative writing program, I'm not originally from Spokane, and so I was kind of looking for some community. And then an opportunity to volunteer with um, Spark's Origin Stories program came up, and mm -hmm. so then I just kind of stuck around as a program volunteer after that. All right. On. So what um, are you doing with your creative writing now? Oh, gosh. Um, I go kind of go on and off of it. Um, I am um, kind of in a writing group with a few other Eastern alumni, um, just a prose group. So we turn in fiction and nonfiction once a month. Um, and so I'm trying to get back into workshop mode, which is like talking about writing in a very specific way. <laughs> um, and I'm also just trying to... Um, even like three years after graduating, I'm still trying to get back to where I can just enjoy a book for the sake of the book <laughs> and not just be overanalyzing it and, yeah, find flaws mm -hmm. in a way that I was kind of way too focused on in school. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm an English teacher, so I've, I've had that issue yeah. too. It's like, yeah. can I just enjoy this for once? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to decomplicate my relationship with writing sure, so I can sure. like find my passion again. Well, yeah. we interviewed Brooke, and obviously mm -hmm. she's a writer, and she's going to be published next year. What yeah. is, are you poetry? Are you prose? Are, uh, what, what do you, what, what's your, what do you do? And I mean, what's kind of, I mean, I know this is a yeah. loaded question, but what's your goal? What do you, what do you want <laughs> to have happen with your art? Yeah, well, um, my, most of my writing background I've owned being like a prose writer, uh, primarily for fiction, but I've always had a big fear of plot, um, <laughs> <laughs> which kind of lends itself more to doing poetry instead. Um, and people always are constantly mistaking me as for a poet. Um, but as far as my goals, um, until I have a novel-sized idea, I would like to um, just for short term be submitting stories and having people read my work um i think getting into that cycle and enjoying it would get me to the long-term goal of being published um i've never been someone who wants to be famous or anything um but i would like for other people to be able to find some of that universe universality in my work that i enjoy finding in other people's and so I don't know. I'd like to have something like that out there. Sure. And if you want yeah. to be famous, uh, writing might not be the, yeah, the no. best avenue. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Yeah, and I've, I've never been someone who wanted to make my living off of my writing. Sure. But yeah. what's interesting is we have people in this town. We have mm -hmm. an amazing number oh, yeah. of professional writers, and mm -hmm. we have an amazingly supportive community that uh, yes. everywhere you turn, it just feels like you can get help, and you can find community, and you can find people who've been very successful. Oh, it's yeah. kind of shocking for a town the size it is it, yeah yeah um so mark yeah tell us a little bit about also maybe your interest in getting into writing uh, as you said you were uh, you're a professor in linguistics and um and kind of what's your bent on literature well i do write and uh i i uh write fiction and nonfiction. so uh, uh my experience on that uh I spent some years living in Paris, and if that's a total cliche for writers, of course, <laughs> I didn't move to Paris to do that. I, 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 I was, I guess you could say I was found by a writing coach who uh, uh, was able to take me and many other people that I saw over many years of knowing her, where she could really transform people into the writer they wanted to be. Her name is Kathleen Spivak. She's a well-known uh, poet and novelist uh, in Boston. And uh, that's where it sort of, uh, I could say, if I could mark the beginning of my commitment to writing, that's where it began, was in Paris and with Kathleen Spivak. She had uh, writing workshops uh, that were uh, really wonderful, really exciting. Uh, and she continues to be an advisor to my work from time to time. Uh, and I mainly write, I've been doing short stories for a long time and, and putting them out there. Um, and currently on a, working on a novel, this just sounds like very typical writer <laughs> things, you know, it's like, what are you working on? I'm working on a novel. Uh, but, uh, your comment that, that, that the city is filled with writers is something that really struck me. I didn't know 
that Spokane was like that. And so after about one year, I've been here just over a year. Hmm. And after about a year now, I am just, I'm, fl- I'm just flummoxed by the huge number of writers around. Everyone is writing something, it seems, and it's just astonishing. And the, as you mentioned, the great number of published writers here who are, uh, who have mm-hmm. celebrity uh, mm-hmm. with their work, and that's been fiction and nonfiction. And then the writers, the self-published writers. So I think the two of the actors in our Treasure Island were self-published writers, and so it's just <laughs> quite astonishing. And so I feel excited by that because I expected that I would find a good writing community when I was living in Taipei, and I did not, surprisingly. Oh. Not. There were not a lot of uh, well-established writing groups or access to writers and i was really surprised by that i thought there would be but here another surprise (laughs) that there are so many so that that i'm hoping to tap into all of that fantastic energy and and get my work underway sure and and what i've noticed is writers just say that there's a supportive community too oh it's Mm -hmm. not just that there are a lot of writers that they're really helpful to other writers and melissa it looked like you were going to say something a minute ago oh i was just gonna uh, make a comment sue and carol um are two cast members who um are self-published writers they actually were missing their workshop for our rehearsals which i thought was just funny (laughs) um But yeah, at Spark Central, we've actually, this fall, it's kind of been one of my goals to reinvigorate our teen writing um, programs. And so I did that by having kind of like an introductory workshop in case um, any students who have never been in a writing workshop before wanted to like try that out. And so I had a local writer, Kaylee Hong, um, run that and she's awesome and just um one of a very supportive and like direct person to work with um, whenever you're a student. And so she's also going to be facilitating our twice monthly um, teen writing group uh, called Pen and Paper. Um, and so really excited about those programs. And we have another teen poetry workshop coming up in November. Oh, wow. Yeah, we'll have yeah. to talk about programming coming up after yeah. the break. Yes. But first, yeah. we have to give some shout outs to our underwriter. That's right. Uh, Art Hour receives support from South Perry Pizza, featuring rotating local artists and serving hand-tossed artisan pizza, beer, and wine at 1011 South Perry Street and online at southperrypizzaspokane.com. And now I'd like to give a shout-out to my friend Jukebox Jenny. She just celebrated her one-year anniversary on KYRS. Uh, You should listen to her shows on Sundays, but I'll let her tell you more about it. Hang out with me, Jukebox Jenny, on Sundays from 6 to 8 p.m. to hear America's very own music, the blues. Let me help you shake the trouble out with a mix of funk, R&B, and blues from Delta to Chicago. You'll hear... Don't forget to shake your rump, too. It's a cocktail that will soothe the soul. Working Woman's Blues, Sunday nights, 6 to 8 p.m., right here on KYRS. All right. Also, I would like to mention that uh, Imagine Jazz presents critically acclaimed jazz pianist Aaron Parks and his band Little Big in concert in the Music Auditorium at Spokane Falls Community College on Thursday, October 17th at 8 p.m. Information online at imaginejazz.org. And also, here is our blatant uh, plea for money. We will now uh, um, help keep Art Hour coming to you every week for as little as $3 a month by texting give KYRS to 44321. So right now, if you're listening to either the radio show or our podcast, we release this as a podcast every week. You can find it anywhere, uh, Apple, Google, everywhere else. Uh, but just text give KYRS to 44321 and you can give any amount you want. And I, I pulled a mic here. Yeah. 
<laughs> Mike has a habit of reading the uh, directions instead of the actual content, and I, I started doing that because uh, it says, we will now be mentioning texting give KYRS, and I, I, st- I started that and uh, realized early, but you may have noticed uh, the stumble, but I recovered. But now we can It's can't, the room, Eric. We can't call it doing a mic anymore. We have yeah. to call it doing an art hour. I don't know what we call it. Yeah. Whatever. So um, before we ask the kind of the next question, I'm just going to do maybe ask Eric you something. So many people don't know, listeners don't know that Eric was actually kind of one of the originators of a nonprofit called Inc., which was started, by, I think, by Jess Walter. It could be, um, but with the purpose really of looking at writing the literary, uh, the nonprofits really dealing with that. But Eric, I just want to ask you, you, did you ever imagine um, that thought and and seed actually growing to the point of where it's now growing at uh, Spark Central? Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, I had a former student named Bess Butterworth who was working at Atticus Coffee, and I would go into Atticus and, and drink coffee and read, and she said, hey, we're thinking about starting up an arts group, and, and you know, we've got Jess Walter involved, and I, would you like to be on the board? And I have a habit of saying yes to things, <laughs> sometimes to my detriment. Uh, not in this case, but yeah, we, we started Inc. We were right next door to the Bartlett where uh, Spaceman Coffee was mm-hmm. at first, and we were just hustling to try to raise some money. Dan Spaulding was so wonderful, giving us rent for really cheap cheap there and um, so we were there for a while and you know we were doing the best we could and we were called ink and and there was a moment and I've, I've told the story to many people before because it's just it's such one of those it's one of those great life moments where we got to, we were getting together for our board meeting at Atticus and Jess was our president and he just looked at us and said hey guys you know we've really done our best and I think it's probably time in some ways it was, it's probably time that we just, you know, say, Hey, you know, we did a good job. Uh, should we just dissolve this thing? And, and the consensus in the group, I mean, there were some people who were like, yeah, probably should. But there were some people who said, I just, you know, why, why, why right now can we just wait? And then of course, Jim, uh, from Greenstone homes came in and gave us that sweetheart deal. Uh, then we became spark central. So really, I mean, we couldn't have been any closer to not existing. Um, I'm so glad that didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> really. And and I, I mean, I just all I had was um, the willingness to keep saying, "No, let's keep going." I mean, I, I was not one of the uh, biggest helps on this. I did get free beer for a lot of our events. That was about uh, the best that I could do. But no, to see this now and to see. Um, that people I don't know, people from out of town coming in and volunteering at the organization, uh, seeing the kids lined up sometimes to to get in when we open. I mean, it's just, it, it really is super cool. Um, I mean, Jess put in so much work, so much time, so much money. I mean, he put in, I think, a lot of his own money too. Uh, but to see that now and to see it just really, it seems like it's really thriving financially and artistically. It's just, uh, yeah, it's 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 gratifying and it's rewarding and it's also though a testament to the people of Spokane who are volunteering and um yeah I'm 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 not going to say I'm proud because I didn't have a lot to do with it I uh but I I it makes me proud to be in Spokane that we have an organization like this sorry long answer no but that uh I to me I'm just kind of blown away yet like we said we had Brooke in here um, a while back and just kind of all the things were that's going on at Spark Central, um, and and from just the the literary part is only just one aspect. Now mm-hmm. uh, there's so yeah. many other creative things uh, uh, involving there. But the the one of the things that has uh, themes that has come out through some of the activities at Spark Central is this this idea of people, everyday people. Um, becoming more empowered through the act of writing, um, whether it's through workshops, um, doing the newspaper at homes, um, the just the Tuesday night writing things that they used to do. Mm-hmm. So when you did uh, completed your first um, live radio performance with Treasure Island, um, how did... What did you learn or what what was some of the feedback? And I'm really interested in both the young and the old about that whole experience uh, of doing something literary 
as well as performing uh, performance-wise when it was all done. Yeah. I mean, um, I guess the main thing I'll touch on is uh, mic awareness was something we weren't aware mm -hmm. was going to be such mm -hmm. a big aspect. And so, like, that's one thing we're going to kind of be focused on whenever uh, we have our next run. But kind of Mark spent the most time directly with the cast, so. Well, you know, as we have already said, that this was really, truly a community theater mm -hmm. experience. And our cast were not, uh, by and large, uh, experienced actors in any way, voice-wise or, or stage-wise. Um, uh, so I didn't set extremely high, uh, high hurdles for people to jump over because I didn't want to create any frustration that mm -hmm. sort of... Uh, kind of uh, takes away the point of Spark Central in a way. It's mm -hmm. something where we wanted to have, you know, fun and uh, and try out something as as we often do at Spark, try out something new, something different, something a little challenging, but take it as far as you can. And if you can go a little bit further, great. And if you're comfortable where you're at, that's also great. I have to say that the the um, the group that we got exceeded themselves I think on so many levels that first of all they they something happened which is I wasn't expecting it but it was uh, a wonderful thing to have happen in any kind of theatrical uh, or creative activity is they all bonded mm -hmm. immediately mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> and they don't even know each other there was a you know there's a brother and sister a father and a son a couple of friends and some others and and they they maybe vaguely knew each other or or had heard of each other but they didn't really know each other, and I have to say that they just all came together and they were all a fantastic support for each other. That made my job so much easier, because there was no there were there were no issues. We we yeah. we could do the work. The challenge of uh, that we gave them is basically to focus on the idea that this is voice acting, so we don't need to worry about costumes or staging. The characterization is through the voice, and so can you effectively create that character through the way you speak? And then, of course, um, uh, Melissa mentioning the use of the mic as one of the tools to create uh, not only the effect of radio, even though it's live uh, in performance, but also create uh, using the mic to create things like distance. So you step mm -hmm. away from the mic and approach it as if you're walking towards someone on the street or, you know, other things that are based on the, the uh, creative use of the microphone. Uh, we didn't, uh, you know, there were areas that we could grow, but, I mean, why not? I think that's wonderful. Uh, when we do A Christmas Carol, it is our next show, I think we're going to mm. find that uh, we can set some, maybe a little bit more challenge, certainly for the people who've already participated. I think that they're eager to do more. One of the participants wanted to, in Treasure Island, she wanted to perfect a British accent. Mm. And... As much as I could try to help her in that direction, but again, not wanting to put a lot of pressure on and have her worry about that, we moved her in that direction. And if she participates again, I'm going to maybe amp that up a little bit for her and maybe coach her and work with her a little bit on a, on a dialect uh, and see if she can move it forward even further. So there's wonderful things to kind of challenge everybody um, uh, in this, but not in a threatening way, not in a way that is, uh, as I said, frustrating mm -hmm. uh, or, uh, or something that will affect the self-esteem. Here, we're building the self-esteem. Mm -hmm. We're building confidence. Mm -hmm. We're giving people opportunities to do something that they might not actually be able to do in, in, in other circumstances, like joining a, uh, one of Spokane or the uh, Spokane region's uh, more professional uh, companies or amateur companies. Um, as I said, most of these people had never acted before. So I think that was one of the most exciting things that we encountered in this, it's just the, the, the the enthusiasm and the bonding of the group, and they they really did work hard. And they had to do a lot of rehearsing on their own because we had a limited number of rehearsals. Mm -hmm. And they had to come in ready to go, and that voice had to be developed, and I can only give them some suggestions to, to do the lines, to read the lines effectively. But I have to say, overall, I think I was quite pleased. Yeah. Does it sound like many of them are going to come back for this next one? Well, we definitely had a lot of interest um, from the cast asking what was next, like what were we thinking, and 
Yeah. Yeah, I think we're going to see. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see the majority of them come back, and I think we've got our little troupe, basically. Sure. Yeah. Performance mm-hmm. troupe. Sure. And how many parts are in Christmas Carol? Oh boy, more. More. Than Treasure Island. So, mm-hmm. so you're going to need some people to step up, huh? Yeah, I think we would like to have about fifteen people um, to like fill out the roles, and yeah. It's a little bit larger than our last one. And this is in one of the scripts as well that you brought from Taipei as part of that? Uh. Yes, these particular scripts are. I think probably if we continue into the future, we might create our own scripts, might, might make that a Spark Central project, get, get uh, mm-hmm. people to learn how to adapt and write scripts. Well, who knows? Anything is possible. But uh, for now, we have, I have about four, four or five scripts that I can use um, in, in this situation that come from Taipei. Yeah, that was going to be my next thing is uh, that would be a great project for kids or adults or mm-hmm. all working together and to come up with maybe the uh, Spokane story of some sort and perform. Yeah. Sure. Well, and in case people I, might not know about Spark Central, I'd be interested to just from your perspective, a summary of the kind of things that usually go on there and the kinds of things that maybe are new coming up for somebody who does already know Spark Central but might not know that there's new things in the pipeline and maybe some pie in the sky. I mean, you were kind of talking about this is something that maybe in the future we could just create this new thing. So what what kind of things would you be looking for possibly in the future? Oh, gosh, big question. Those are three questions, <laughs> and yeah. I'm sorry. Those are all three big questions. No, that's okay. Um, so right now, um, like I said, we're kind of reinvigorating teen writing workshops. Um, we've also recently started a great partnership with Spokane's Print and Publishing Center. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've got four workshops uh, coming up that you can sign up for individually or all together um, that are just uh, different aspects of the design and printmaking process, which is super interesting. And they've got a great space over there that's like made to get even messier than ours. Because mm-hmm. we like to say that kids are welcome to just make all the mess in our space that they maybe can't make at home within reason. <laughs> um <laughs> But, yeah, so those are two kind of new things that I'm really excited about. Um, oh, gosh. We also have um, coming up our annual Sparkoween event, uh, which is great. can come in, and uh, we usually have about six different activity tables set up, um, and that's a great family event. Uh, this year, instead of having the usual candy, we're going to try to have some healthier snacks as well. Um try to contribute a little bit less to those sugar highs mm-hmm. that weekend because <laughs> there's already um, a lot of trunk or treats that people attend. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I know when, yeah. when I, cause I, I've, was on the board and I was also on the um, committee to develop new programming. You're always looking for the breadth of programming. You're saying, mm-hmm. I don't want it to be just all writing or just all any of that. Is there some avenue that you still feel like we need a little bit more of this if somebody in the community would come in i mean i don't know if you would have said to mark uh, we need more live radio that's maybe Mm -hmm. not something you would have asked for but that (laughs) that creates more breadth is there something that you say if we could have a little bit more of that it would really fill out our programming well one thing that i've kind of had on my mind since i started the job is um one of the things i always love volunteering with was girls rock lab and that is kind of our like Mm -hmm. big cornerstone a program that we have and just the biggest thing we do other than spark salon every year um i would love to um have some kind of um hip-hop or beats um workshop for youth um i'm on the hunt for musicians to help me make that happen because mm-hmm. i am not musically inclined um but i would love to have kind of a girls rock lab level of program with that Mm-hmm. Um, and do you have land. the technology already there to be able to do that? I mean, because I know you have mm-hmm. a lot of computers there. Do you have the technology already? We have some of it. Um, some of one of our um, staff, Nikki, she's our AmeriCorps Vista, and she's very tech savvy. Um, she's kind of ready to go to help me research things. But first, I would really like to find like people to help me make that happen and maybe help me direct in the right directions of technology they use before we just kind of jump the gun on that end. But, um, yeah, so if there are any rap, hip-hop musicians listening right now or you know someone who's inclined like that, send them my way, Melissa at Spark Central. Um, I would love to chat with them about ideas because I have this idea. Really, the formation of it is very open to working with those musicians to make it happen. Sure, and I know I did it. uh, One night I did a a workshop with... 
oblique strategies, the Brian Eno creativity mm-hmm. thing. And I know yeah. it's that's what I love about Spark is I just said, let's just I well what I said was somebody we should find somebody to do that. And they said, You're it. And I said, <laughs> Oh, okay, <laughs> I did it. And you know, yeah. it was fun. It was great. I met some really interesting people there. So yeah, I love that aspect of it too. It's just like, hey, you wanna wanna try something new? Mm-hmm. So even if it's not hip hop or beats, I mean again, as I mentioned, I don't know if you would have said, Hey, we need more live radio yeah. in our lives and then you did it and it's like, Wow, that was really fun. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I Again, that's what I love about Spark Central. Yeah. So, Melissa, how how long have you been the program director at Spark? Um, so, just since last October. Um, so, about a year now. Yeah, she just and celebrated her work anniversary. My work anniversary. Work anniversary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, what's been the the kind of the biggest challenges or the things the aha moments you've learned through that experience up to this point? Um, I guess for me personally, one of the biggest challenges is that I am inherently an introvert. Um, but as the program manager, I <laughs> am constantly in front of people leading kids through um, educational programs and things like that. Um, and so even if I'm leading a robotics workshop, it's much harder for me to be up there in front of them talking than it is to actually work one on one with them and figure out the robotics because um, that part's way funner. <laughs> so have you come out of your shell a little bit? Um, yeah, I think my entire life trajectory is going to be me constantly coming out of my shell. <laughs> Painfully, <laughs> but... Yeah, yeah. Um, I say that Melissa was, our, was our, one of our sound technicians for mm-hmm. Treasure Island, oh. so definitely in front of an audience making yeah. noise. Oh, yeah. so you were doing like the thunder and the waves and all that stuff? Yeah, we had, it was pretty heavy um, sound effects. And Sue, our, one of our cast members, um, she did such an amazing job being resourceful and finding the different objects to make the sounds we needed. Oh, so you weren't just hitting a key on oh. a keyboard doing a sample. You were doing yeah. it live. So oh. what kind of what kind of <laughs> objects did you have to gather for the noise? Oh, we had everything from like a real life, like bosun whistle and like a bell to make the ship bell noises to like a... Uh, wicker basket full of like leaves that I was like using a plunger to like rattle around (laughs) in to mimic the noise of like people running through the brush um so yeah quite a quite a mix and Uh, that was all you um that was me and Sue um it was so many sound effects that uh, she needed a little assistant so yeah I stepped in um we also had like curtain rods that we would use as like the sword sounds I could like chink them oh, together shwing. to make yeah, 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 yeah. the noise of it coming out of its uh, like scabbard or whatever you might call that. Um, uh, are you going to yeah. do the sound for Christmas Carol? Um, probably not. I'm about to get into my super busy season with Newspaper Club at Holmes Elementary. Right. And so I won't have as much time to step in as like sound effects assistant, um, but hopefully we can recruit someone on cast who's um, willing to help. And I think there are less sound effects for this mm. next production, mm-hmm. so that won't be as much of a hurdle. Now, when you say newspaper season, I mean, I know you've been doing the newspaper at Holmes, but yeah. what does that mean to be newspaper season? So um, every year uh, we publish two issues of the West, Ele- West Central Express out of Holmes Elementary. Um, and so leading up to that publication, there's an eight to ten week run of uh, Wednesdays where myself and a few journalists from around town um, go into um, homes after school and work with fourth through sixth graders um, on the next edition of the newspaper. And so uh, working with them on interviewing skills, uh, photography skills, um, what even needs to be included in an article. And then this time we're also hoping to have an editing day to kind of um, introduce those ideas. And this yeah. is maybe the third year you've done it? Um, we are in the spring that was i believe our fifth issue and so yeah i think we've done it for three years now yeah Yeah, and does the um, inlander uh publish those as well for you yeah that's a nice partnership the inlander um sponsors the publication of it um young kwok and raj bose uh two local photographers Mm -hmm. come in and do the photography lessons yeah Yeah, that's cool to get really legit photographers to do that and um raj even made a really great presentation that he um used last year to kind of uh, show the different perspectives um, that a picture can have and how much that matters to a story. And it was a really oh, wow. great lesson. He did That's an great. awesome job. I want to take that class. Yeah. Yeah. I want that lesson. <laughs> yeah. And Young Clock really cool. is so awesome at working with the kids as well. Um, and other 
of writers we have who come in and assist her, like Sean Vestal, Kat Smith, mm. wow. um, Adrian yeah. Rogers is helping us. All-star us. lineup. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the things I've always loved about what Jim was doing with Greenstone Homes. He's like, we need to get into the Holmes community. I don't want it to just be Kendall mm-hmm. Yards. I want to get to those kids. I want to get to Holmes. And he has been very deliberate from the beginning. And he was kind of, he would kind of call us to the carpet. What are we doing to get to those kids? We can't mm-hmm. just wait for them to come to us. I want data that says who's doing. So yeah. I, I thought that was great. And I just, and I love that that's happening. I think that's mm-hmm. such a big deal. Yeah. We're always trying to, trying to find new ways to directly serve the community and um, really like, because we want to serve all of Spokane, but West Central is really like our target population that mm-hmm. we want to help. Yeah. And you've been doing yeah. a great job, Richard. Yeah, so. awesome. Mark, I'd be interested. You talked earlier about um, your parents lived here or your grandparents lived here and you came here uh, uh, summers and now you're back, but it's a whole new kind of journey, a whole, maybe a whole new Spokane. What, what surprised you about Spokane this last year, maybe both from an artistic point of view, but also uh, somebody who's, you know, been all over the world? Oh, well, uh, well, Spokane always felt a bit like home because my grandparents were here. So um, it's always had a very special place for me in my heart. Um, And as I said, I've traveled here every summer in my childhood and then uh, just uh, saw an interesting migration of my family up here. My brother moved to Coeur d'Alene and then Spokane. And my parents decided to retire up here, and and now I'm here. And so, wow, it's just a really, I don't think we had that plan at any time in the past that we were saying, well, we'll all eventually end up in Spokane. (laughs) Strong gravitational pull. It really is. Uh, I don't know. What surprises are, uh, well, first of all, at least, and I think this is an evolution of the city, the creativity is just much more than I ever remember. Now, I, I, when I came here as a kid, I knew about the symphony because my best friend was uh, uh, going eventually going to be in the symphony, uh, and I, you know, I knew about the the, uh, the the arts of Spokane, the theater, things like that. But I didn't uh, really know anything else. Uh, we, you know, my grandparents were South Hillers up there, and and. So our our circle, uh, their friends and and my family were all around that location. So I didn't really know anything about else about Spokane. I didn't know anything across the river. Mm-hmm. Uh, vivid memories of 1974, mm-hmm. the uh, World's Fair, um, and that's probably the first time I ever crossed the bridge. <laughs> and uh, but so I I think my experience with Spokane right now is one of discovery. It's one of seeing really how. Uh, you know, this is a, here's here's a very strong impression I have. It seems very big. It seems <laughs> like a big place until you travel around in it, and then it's very small. <laughs> and I know that's that's a bit of a paradox, but I that is actually the most interesting thing is is I have this feeling of as I meet people and I get involved in things and I network with people and socialize, how amazingly close every everyone and everything is and then the other thing then just is how i don't mean geographically big but just in a sense that there's there's a there's a bigness to this city and i think that's something also that's been evolutionary over time Mm -hmm. i think more i think more neighborhoods are connecting with each other i think south and north are are in touch with each other there's more reason to go to the north side there are good restaurants over there. There's uh, festivals and, and interesting shops and things like that. I don't have any memory in my childhood of ever doing that. Uh, but I think those are some of the impressions that I have. Sure, and not only that, I mean, I've been here since 1977, and downtown is finally a magnet for people from the north and south oh, absolutely. side. absolutely. So we, <coughs> excuse me, we do have downtown being that, that magnet that brings us all together, too. And I would add, add to that that in my memory of being a kid, you if you went downtown, there was a really postage stamp-sized part of downtown that you went to, <laughs> right. which is you went to the Bon, the Bon Marche, which was the, then became mm-hmm. Macy's. Um, there was no Riverside Square or anything no. like that. Oh, so, Yeah. So there was really <laughs> not much you did, and you didn't really, you shouldn't probably even venture beyond Stevens 
because it was Skid Row, at least in my memory of it. That was there was nothing down there, and um, so you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the vivid the uh, the uh, energy of the city is really mm-hmm. noticeable by the expansion and the development of downtown. And just sitting here in the studio and looking out on down here on Maine and seeing mm-hmm. this, and I'm trying to remember there was a shop that my friend, my best friend, and I used to go to that was an old rock collector store, just some old crusty guy had a rock a rock shop and it was just a dirty dusty old place and i think it was on main maybe in this block or the block mm-hmm. before and i look at it now and i think wow this place this is just great this is a really really more dynamic uh more interesting and probably the other thing is just the 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 scene is young but not too young it's just it's it's something that i don't think spokane really had a strong identity with in my memory and it, now it seems like it's it's a place where people in their 20s and 30s want to be. Sure. And yeah. I agree it's great, but it would be greater if we could bring back the rock shop. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is a rock shop here. It's just in a different part of the city. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, and you're talking about Spokane. You know whereof you speak because as we were running that ad for Jukebox Jenny, I, I asked, I said, I'm going to ask you about, you know, Paris and Taipei. I believe we're just probably scratching the surface. And you said when you were eight, you just looked at a map and said this is where you want to go. So have you led a real peripatetic just going around lifestyle your whole adult no, life I, and i would never no not like you know in the sense of like i'm a backpacker or anything like that i had i had destinations that were purposeful i went to paris on purpose i went to taipei on purpose i didn't just you know accidentally discover them um i travel and i've traveled in in some of these places too my eight-year-old self was was one who was fascinated with world things so um maps and you know stamps coins anything that had the world stamped on them that fascinated me, and I had ima- imaginary journeys that I wanted to take. I wouldn't go out and play basketball or sports in the in the playground. I'd sit in the library and plan trips, and uh, <laughs> that was probably you know the part that makes me not entirely peripatetic, but but not surprisingly a person who wants to go and live in another part of the world, mm-hmm. which is what I did. So I've lived in Asia, I've lived in Europe, I've lived on the East Coast, I've lived on the West Coast. And uh, and I've been and I've traveled some as well, and uh, so that's probably that's probably uh, what I really wanted to do was experience living in one place, Hmm. uh, and not seeing a lot of places, but just embracing one culture, one language, or you know, uh, a regional language or languages, and really making that part of who I am. So short term, uh, (coughs) we have. a Christmas Carol coming up, um, and then potentially other things down the road. It sounds like this uh, has uh, kind of gotten some traction. This live radio, which I'm re- really grateful for. So, Mark, thanks, thank you for that for bringing that idea there. Um, but um, I'll just start with you, and then maybe go to you, Melissa. But like in the next year or so, do you have? Um, other goals you want to set maybe in the creative realm? I know you're still teaching some more writing or uh, well, just going to take it as it comes. Yeah, teaching for me is, is all is all creativity, no matter what I teach them. If I'm teaching writing or if I'm teaching English or whatever I'm doing, that's just pure creativity. And I, I, I could probably say that I took my acting self that, that I trained to be long ago, and that transferred smoothly into the classroom. And it was mm-hmm. my, my own stage. Uh, that makes it sound like I'm... I'm <laughs> doing a lot of, of performing in front of students. No, I don't mean that. But I mean in the sense that um, I like to inspire people. And I, like to, I like to motivate. I like to um, help people grow and help people realize what, they, what they're trying to be or what they want to be. Mm-hmm. And I love doing that with writing. And I think that's partly a gift from my writing coach because that's what she did for me and, and the other writers that we were working with. And I watched her do that and said, I want to do that with, with the writing. I want to be able to to open up the writing for others as well. So I'm, d- I'm doing that. So I hope to continue doing that. Hope to continue to find opportunities to teach uh, and to write myself, of course. I, mm-hmm. think, I think that's enough. That's plenty <laughs> of work right there. That's yeah. a good goal. Melissa, how about you? Oh, gosh. Um, well, just, yeah, continuing um, the work at Spark Central that we're doing, um, really strengthening our neighborhood relationships, um, Right now, uh, because the school districts, every Friday is early release. And so one of the things we're doing is um, we'll be at the West Central Community Center with our after school program level up every second Friday. Ah, And so um, kind of depending on how that goes, hopefully expanding and 
yeah, just um, making some of the sparkle in my eye dreams like that mm -hmm. um, <laughs> second music program and um, a few other school partnerships really would make me very happy next year. So yeah. cool. Well, thank yeah. you both for being here today and especially thank you both for your work with Spark Central. Yep. I think that's a really big thank deal. Awesome having you as guests.